It's 8 o'clock. Thanks for joining us. Jim along with the Buckeye Boy today from the Bozarth Miller Chevrolet Buick Studios, the most trusted name in automobiles. Niners, Chiefs in the Super Bowl. Rematches Super Bowl 54. Though a different quarterback matchup. Remember, that was Jimmy Garoppolo and Patrick Mahomes. Now it's Brock Purdy. So if you got some thoughts about yesterday's games, of course, we'll have Super Bowl 58 right here on the team with uh, our coverage starting at noon that day. Okay, I have a little uh, bit of problem here. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, you got something you want to share? Yeah. Jimmy Garoppolo got a team that was not this loaded to the Super Bowl and lost. Yeah. But Brock Purdy is so much better than Jimmy Garoppolo with the team that is quite honestly dangerous without him. Why, why is that the case? Why is Jimmy G, why does everybody poop on his head for what he did with the Niners? Yeah, I, so I, And Brock Purdy, to this point, has done zero more above and beyond. Yeah, the regular season numbers are great. There's a lot of really good people that have great regular season numbers that haven't done anything in the postseason. Like the Niners have made now three Super Bowls and six conference championship games in the last 13 years, 12 years. Yeah, I'm just looking at the numbers. So for for Garoppolo, is his best year was 2019, mm-hmm. 3,978, 27 touchdowns, 13 picks. Lost to the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. Yeah, 2021, 3,810 yards, 20 touchdowns, 12 interceptions. 2022, he wasn't he wasn't bad. 2,437. That was when uh, Lance got hurt. Mm-hmm. 16 touchdowns, four picks. And then you look at Brock Purdy's numbers. Yeah, 4,280, yeah, 4, 31 touchdowns, 11 picks. It was, you know, last year, 1,374, 13 touchdowns, four interceptions. I mean, Kyle Shanahan's this wonder child. And he turned a 28-3 lead in the second half into a loss and yeah. a 20-10 lead also into a loss in two different Super Bowls for two different teams in two different roles. I mean, I know Brock Purdy's the next one, so he's always better than the last one. But it wasn't like Garoppolo was horrible. He did, for all intents and purposes, the same thing. And he didn't have a Christian McCaffrey... Right. He had, he had Debo Samuel there at that time, I believe. I'm, I'm clicking that. I remember that. Right I'm trying to remember that. Yeah, the crossover there. George Kittle. His leading rusher was Raheem Mostert. Had a nice year with the Dolphins. Yep. With Matt Breida. George Kittle was his leading receiver at 1,053 yards. Then Debo Samuels, Debo Samuel, and then Emmanuel Sanders. So, like, no Brandon Ayuk. He had Kyle Juszczyk. He had George Kittle. 
So he had a lesser cast of characters, and that defense wasn't as loaded up as front it is now up front. With Absolutely. young in that group, huh? They had, a, they had a nice back seven. They did have Eric Armstead. They had Fred Warner, who's not Fred Warner yeah. now. Who's, yeah, come a long way. Mm-hmm. You know, and then they go, they beat the Vikings. They beat the Packers, Aaron Rodgers. And then they lose to the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. I just don't understand where, well, I mean, Brock Purdy, he's so head and shoulders above what Jimmy Garoppolo brought to this team. Maybe. But there's not. If they go out and win in two weeks, then sure. But as of right now, head and shoulders above what? Statistically, the numbers are better for Brock Purdy. They just are. But I, I see the point you're trying to make. The end result's winning it all. Right. Versus getting there, which Brock Purdy mm-hmm. helped to make that happen yesterday. Brock Purdy doesn't have a Swiss Army knife on offense. He's got a whole set of emerald yeah. knives. Like McCaffrey, Ayuk, Samuel, all these other guys. But Jimmy Mitchell. Garoppolo would have killed him. Imagine if he would have had Christian McCaffrey. Yeah. For the run game, for the, 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 the swing routes out of the backfield. Imagine if that would have been the case. Yeah, and so I just, I don't I mean, does, he, does he go to become a 4,500-yard passer? I don't know about that. Maybe. Because look at what Brock Purdy did this year. Nobody attempted fewer passes than the Niners. Mm-hmm. But look what their passing yardage was. What, second in the league, somewhere in that number? Yeah. Because of what? What did we talk about? Yards after the catch. Yards after the catch. So you can't tell me Jimmy Garoppolo couldn't have done some of the things that Brock Purdy has done with because this group around him. Brock Purdy didn't even do a lot of the things Brock Purdy did. But then there are going to be people you know saying, I mean? well, look look what he hasn't done in with the Raiders, and he's got Devontae Adams, one of the very best receivers he's in the league. absolutely injury prone. I will give you that And that is, that is a huge knock on him. But also, he did play in three NFC Championship games in a Super Bowl in six years in San Francisco. So he couldn't have sucked. No. Give him the team that they went 6-10 and 10 or 4-12 and 12 with that Jimmy Garoppolo was on that team. Is Brock Purdy going to be significant? Are they going to the playoffs those years? I doubt it. Yeah, I don't, I don't think it's either of us. We, we don't dislike Brock Purdy. It's not that we, we're, we're trying to crap on I'm, Brock Purdy. I'm ambivalent on Brock Purdy. I don't care one way or the other. It's more about... Were things that bad with with Jimmy Garoppolo when he right. was there? But obviously they didn't think it was good enough because they they traded up to get Trey Lance. Yeah. So obviously there was some feeling that at least from the staff there, Jimmy wasn't enough. And they've been loaded for a while, and they've still not been able to seal the deal. And at some point, that has nothing to do with the players. And or, is sorry, in, has very little to do with yeah. the players. And, and as good as, in some ways, Kyle Shanahan is, that he, and until he wins a Super Bowl, these are fair complaints yeah. about him. If he turns another two-score lead into a Super Bowl loss for the third time in his career as a play caller in the last 10 years, yikes. Or not 10 years, maybe 15 years. Yikes. That's not good. Like, it's not just you were up 
you know, 26-24. Like, you had two score leads in the second half yeah. of these games and lost. One was to Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes. So, I mean, it's not like you're out there losing to Brad Johnson and Trent Dilfer or anything. But exactly. Still, like, put the game away, boss. You know? Well, in two weeks, he'll add up, have that opportunity to add his name to the list of coaches that his old man is on, both as an OC and as a head coach in Denver. Yep. You know, can, can Kyle Shanahan... Well, there are people who here in Broncos country pine for, for Kyle Shanahan, and I, I wish Denver would have made the decision to, to hire him back then. They didn't, though. They went another direction. But I think if you're a 49er fan, you have to go, yeah, I, I like where Kyle Shanahan's taken us, but, but the ultimate goal is to win a Super Bowl. And we haven't had that happen yet. And while Lamar Jackson gets, you know, gets criticized for another, here is another playoff loss for Lamar. Mm-hmm. In a game where he didn't play great in. The Lamar Jackson is still going to be the MVP. And Lamar Jackson plays on a young, talented team that, that just needs, needs an extra playmaker for him. And that's a Ravens team that could very well be back in the FC Championship game. Yeah. But they also had to overcome a lot of running back injuries. J.K. Dobbins early on. And, you know, they they, they went out and, and Gus Edwards, Justice Hill started, you know, becoming kind of that one-two punch. They mm-hmm. added Dalvin Cook. That really didn't add a whole lot. Like we kind of thought, kind of wonder, is Dalvin Cook kind of done? He might be cooked, Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That if they're they're running back stables healthier and more productive in, in terms of a big play guy, a guy that can make big, big plays, like Flowers can on the outside. They give him another weapon or two, and and perhaps Lamar Jackson, we're not about Lamar Jackson getting past the Chiefs. But let's as much as we as much as I'm reluctant to do this being a Broncos fan, I I have to give Kansas City their due. The job Steve Spagnolo did yesterday was phenomenal against Kansas City. They made things extremely uncomfortable for Lamar Jackson. He looked uncomfortable that entire game. Sacked him four time, times, three of 11 on third down conversions. Gave up just the 10 points to one of the most prolific offenses in the league. Give And Spags has received his criticisms over the years. Yeah, As, he has. And as a head coach, but also at times as a DC, I'll tell you in Kansas City though he's done a hell of a job, and they've done a hell of a job building this defense, which takes us to the latest on the Broncos and the league. It's around the NFL on the Jim Davis Show. That you, we all want to crap on the Chiefs if you're a Broncos fan, but man, you watch them and you just go, Andy Reid's. A, a brilliant head coach. They've got a generational quarterback, and they've got a tight end that's probably maybe will go down as the greatest tight end in the league. Though Rob Gronkowski is still going well, but I did win five Super Bowls. <laughs> so yeah, but yeah, Travis, you got work to do. But no Travis, one else is getting credit for those Super Bowls outside of TB12. Though, though Gronk deserves some, he deserves he deserves some credit. But yeah. No one else is getting the. But Kelsey yesterday, eleven catches, surpasses, just some dude named Jerry Rice for the all-time receptions record 
in postseason history. And just when you think the Chiefs are done, you think, okay, they got lucky at Buffalo because Tyler Bass channeled the ghost of Scott Norwood and missed one wide ride. Creepers, creepers. That this is, you know, the, the, this is where it comes to an end for Kansas City. This is where they're done. It's all over now. You know, the retirement rumors about Andy Reid, that there's not enough help on the outside for, for Patrick Mahomes. Kelsey's old and broken down, and he's distracted by Taylor Swift. And all, all this stuff, all the stuff that you heard, got lucky with the win of Buffalo. They go to Baltimore, and their defense balls out, and the offense is not brilliant, but it's consistent, productive, and they got a quarterback that can just make play after play. And they got a tight end that you know what he's going to do. You know exactly what Travis Kelsey is going to do. And yet nobody can stop him from doing it. The, the play the play where Mahomes gets hit, and Mahomes finds a way to extend the play and gets hit and throws this off-balance kind of wobbly pass, and Kelsey comes up with a remarkable diving catch for it. You just go, damn. Damn, I hate those guys as a team. But, man, I really respect them because he got a quarterback that can do things like that. It just absolutely irritates the crap out of you when you're like, okay, now it's time for somebody else. It's time for whoever. You know, maybe, maybe it's the Browns year, and they go into Kansas City, and then the Kansas City, Patrick Mahomes on one leg, doesn't matter. It's like, all right, well, Joey B, now – now we're going to have some rivalry with Joe Burrow. No. And it's Trevor Lawrence. No. It's always somebody's going to take them down. Somebody's going to keep them from getting there and doing it. Buffalo, look the way the, the Bills bounce back yeah, after the loss of the Broncos. Be Josh Allen. You're going to get them in your place yep. for the first time since 1993's AFC Championship game where you, you beat them back yep. then. No. History is on your side and blah, 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 blah. Nope. And the Kool-Aid man goes, I don't care. Well, Lamar Mahomes, Jackson, I mean, he's the MVP. Mahomes, Mahomes, I don't care. Do not care. Do not care. I give zero Fs about any of this. Travis Kelsey, I don't Just care. don't care. Just don't care. Like, you know, Kyle Hamilton's supposed to be one of the he's, – he's an all-pro safety. He's one of the best safeties in football. Travis Kelsey goes, I don't care. Mm-hmm. Let's just see. Good luck with that. I don't care. It's, but it is frustrating as crap because you're just like, all right, now's the time. And no one can, and there's the blueprint, right? Every year it seems like, all right, here's how you get Kansas City. Maybe it's Josh Allen. Maybe it's somebody that can go blow for blow, just two punchers standing in the middle of the ring throwing. He missed once, and Patrick Mahomes and Tyreek Hill and everybody knocked him out. And then it's whoever else is next. This year, it's like, all right. And then Patrick Mahomes kind of jabs him to death. Lamar Jackson, the Chiefs just kind of jab you to death and go to the scorecard. It just feels inevitable now. And in yesterday, it's, it started with what happened before the game even kicked off. The Travis Kelsey, Justin yeah. Tucker, Patrick Mahomes got involved in this as well, where the, the Ravens kicker likes to always stretch and warm up in the opposing end zone. Well, he was down there while the Chiefs were warming up, and Travis Kelsey would have none of it. Picked up his helmet, 
picked up his tee, threw him aside. That that was the Chiefs early on saying, we we get it. You guys think that you're going to beat us today. Yeah, you're one of the hottest teams in football, but it's not going to happen today. We don't we don't care what what he normally does. We don't care. Other teams might might let that go. Right. Not today. Not the AFC Championship game. Not today. You're not going to disrespect us by doing that. Yeah. You're hot. You know what? We're not. We don't care. We don't care. And that kind of helped to set the tone of the game to a degree. And like the the Baltimore defense, outside of giving up that, that first touchdown, their defense actually played pretty well. Chiefs, it was tough for the Chiefs to move the football down the field at times. But it wasn't enough. And as much ballyhooed as this offense is with Todd Munkin as the OC and the numbers that Lamar's put up this year, the Chiefs and Steve Spagnuolo said he does, no quarterback likes heat in their kitchen. We're going to put plenty of heat in his kitchen. We're going to make his life very, very difficult. And the Chiefs were able to do that on Sunday. Well, like I said, they, they got to him four times. That's not easy to do. That's a pretty good offensive line yeah. against maybe the most mobile quarterback in the league. Maybe ever. Maybe ever. Potentially ever. Mike Vick's on the line, but, you know, potentially yeah. ever. Potentially ever. And like, it just goes to show you what weapons will do for you. Because the Lions, you would find the single coverage and they would eat you alive if you're the 49ers. Lions on the other side, too. They have a lot of speed. They have a lot of talented sure. guys. Single coverage, eat them alive. Travis Kelsey, it seemed like it didn't matter how many guys were on him. He was single covered or open and would eat you alive. Like, the Chiefs would bring pressure, and it felt like everybody on the car, on the Ravens was in single coverage, and no one and really nobody stepped could get up. Back, back into that defense played really well on Sunday for Andy Reid and Steve Spagnuolo. And so, late in the game, this turnover pretty much sealed the deal and the Chiefs going to the Super Bowl once again. 12th play of the drive here for Baltimore. Shotgun. Jackson looking. Jackson middle. End zone. Intercepted. And it's Bush with the pick. Goes down in the end zone. Turnover. Ravens. A huge one. Kansas City takes over. All right. That's Ian Eagle on Westwood One on the team from yesterday. What a lackluster crowd, too. Like, yeah. that, you could feel... They were pretty much snuffed out. And that's where Lamar took his helmet off and threw it on the sidelines. And I think Bush had just checked in a couple of plays before that and yeah. when, he made, when he made the pick. And there there was some contact. And he, but, there, but there was almost, what, there were three guys, four guys back there? Yeah. On that play? And there was some contact, but really, he was going to get intercepted. And the contact was probably more after the as the interception occurred, mm-hmm. as opposed to, and I forgot who it was. Was it Watson? I can't remember who was in the end zone. I don't they, remember they got, exactly who it was. They got knocked down, but it was, he was making the play, and then there was, and then the contact kind of happened almost simultaneously. So, yeah. I mean, as your Ravens fan, you can cry and scream all day that that should have been pass interference, but Lamar also, what are you doing throwing the ball into quadruple coverage there? Right. 
So after you the game, can't, you can't do make that decision in that part yeah, of the game. Yeah, absolutely. After the game, a uh, guy that played a big role in uh, yesterday's victory for Kansas City, Chris Jones, talking about the journey this team has been on this season. I think I think it's evident that we had uh, finally go on the road, win a road playoff game, right? Um, and the, um, the obstacles we had to just to get to this um, AFC Championship game. One of Josh Allen and uh, defeating the Buffalo Bills. Um, playing our first game at Arrowhead, facing the Miami Dolphins, one of the highest power offenses in this game. They scored 70 points, I think, on the second game of the year. Thanks so for not mentioning you too, Chris. Consideration is like, um, <laughs> it's a lot of obstacles we had to get through in order to be where we are today. And then facing Lamar with one of the best defenses I've seen. They got a complete team, and being able to overcome that uh, is an obstacle itself. I think Lamar showed why he was MVP and then why he will win it again this year. He's an outstanding quarterback, and they got um, a lot of weapons around him. All right, so that's Chris Jones of the Chiefs. I just, you know, today, like I said, on a good, the bad, the ugly kind of thing, the, the good, the play that Snead made, on on Zay Flowers, who fumbles the ball at the one yard yeah. line, you know they they the Ravens could not get out of their own way yesterday. The personal foul penalty, where the defensive lineman nearly closed lines or tries to you know, feels like he's trying to close line Patrick Mahomes. They had twelve men on the field one time. I mean, there was there was just so many times yesterday that it felt like the Ravens just could not get out of their own way. And it feels, it felt like, kind of for both games a little bit, more so Baltimore-Kansas City, that Baltimore was at the pinnacle and they are about to be crowned, coronation, the whole thing. All they need to do is just win. John Harbaugh's going to awkwardly dance in the locker room. And then Lombardi and parade, baby. That's what it felt like. And the Chiefs are like, you're not even the final boss. Like, yeah. This is nothing. This is just literally another Sunday for us because we know there's more. We know what needs to be done today. We also know there's more beyond this. It felt like the the Ravens were at the end of the parade. Like, hey, we made it to the AFC Championship game. We're at this, home. This is where we need to be, baby. This is all we're about us. Bank. It's that's all we need. And it felt kind of that way in San Francisco, too, a little bit. Like, Lions first half up 24-7. to They're like, all right. Mission accomplished, baby. First trip to the Super Bowl ever. And then Kyle Shanahan and the Niners are like, no, you're not even the final boss of this level. Well, and like Shanahan said, he goes, at halftime, we felt like the way we played in the first half, we should have been down by more. But we were, and I'm paraphrasing here for him, kind of relieved that we were only down by 17. And we're getting the ball in the third quarter. Yeah. We've got time. Let's just let's just go out and we, we've, we've got to be productive on the first drive. We've got to score points. And that's what they did. As they came back from a 17-point deficit, Elijah Mitchell uh, helps to complete the comeback for the 49ers in the NFC Championship game. It's first and goal at the three. Running back Elijah Mitchell in the eye. There's the snap, a spinning handoff, and it goes to Mitchell, who bores his way in. That is a touchdown over the right guard. The Niners have scored again. Three-yard touchdown run. 
by Elijah Mitchell here in the NFC Championship game. All right, that's Kevin Harlan on Westwood One on the team from yesterday. So for the Lions, who had the 17-point lead, Dan Campbell's already received a lot of heat. He said he's not not regretting any decision he made yesterday to to go for it on, on a couple of different fourth downs. You know, Josh Reynolds dropped a very catchable pass on a fourth down play. Jared Goff had Amon Ross St. Brown and in a situation where the field goal could have tied the game and couldn't complete it. And so this here's the thing, though. As much as we... And look, Dan Campbell probably deserves some criticism for going, number one, why are you trying to run it there at the end of the game where you cannot afford to burn a timeout, but they hand it to David Montgomery and the Niners stuff him and they have to call a timeout and he finally throws a touchdown pass, Goff does, to believe Reynolds. But that you cannot afford to give up a timeout there. But it all starts way before that where... Dan Campbell is an aggressive guy. But here's here's part of this. So as much as we want to criticize Dan Campbell, Buckeye, that's also how they kind of got there, too. That's kind of who they are. Yeah. What I mean, because usually... Uh, that's, that's, the, that's the approach that Dan Campbell has right. with this team. When teams go away from who they are and what brought them to the dance, that's why it's a cliche. Dance with what brought you. Or dance, dance with who brung you to the dance, if you want to get technical. When you go away from that, usually is when you start losing. So, yeah, there's something to be said for that. But I don't think you want to change your approach maybe mid-game because then you then you stop calling plays and calling the game the way you call it, which you're right, 100%. It's how they got there in the first place was kind of being ballsy at, at the right time and making the right call. And the play design, what was it? In, I think it was fourth quarter the one where they should have kicked a field goal to tie it after going down like the play worked they just didn't convert their guy wasn't open and jared goff threw it behind him you know so the fact that that the play was open it wasn't like they were stuffed and the niners really kind of dominated on them on that play yeah you don't want to change who you are in the middle of the nsc championship game now is kind of how you change who you are as a coach if you're Dan Campbell. And, but, but here's something else, too, to think about. As much as you want to criticize Campbell, going for it on fourth downs, not kicking a field goal, those things, Aaron Glenn's defense, it's like they'd forgotten how to tackle. The tackling by the Lions' defense in the second half was absolutely abysmal. And we mentioned that Brock Purdy ran for 48 yards in that game. He should not run for 48 yards. In a month. And then eventually they put a spy on him to try to get, which, come on. if you're Just think of how ridiculous that yeah, sounds. Yeah, they, they had to put a spy on Brock Purdy. That's how bad it got. Christian McCaffrey seldom goes down on first contact. Boy, he did not he did not go down on any first contact in the second half yesterday. He barely went down at all in the second yeah, half. Yeah, 90 yards, two touchdowns. If you want to also criticize an area of that failed the Lions yesterday. How about a defense that just could not make a play and just could not bring guys down? And then we, we talked about Brock Purdy. The, the numbers are not spectacular. It's what, 267 touchdown in the pick. Mm-hmm. Probably should have been picked off a couple of other times. But the the runs that he had, 
the play that he extended and he threw to Juszczyk, who does the incredible toe-tap catch on the sideline, that was a huge play. And should have been sacked. It was a little bit, not, not quite as good as Lamar's play. The Lamar play, the touchdown pass, was it Flowers? That was an incredible play. Yeah. And then there's the one where, what, almost like nine seconds where Mahomes runs around and finally finds Kelsey. Yeah, Patrick Mahomes is absolutely. And that was the yeah. one he was kind of, didn't he just, it was more of a flip than yeah, a Yeah, you think he was getting hit. That's the one I referred to earlier where he got hit and just kind of yeah. flipped it was, forward and Kelsey makes an incredible diving catch I was watching that. Are you kidding me? Like, come on. Yeah. This is, some of this stuff is ridiculous. And it's from all the four guys over the weekend had a play where it was just like, are you serious? Like, this is not, this is not normal. But that's probably yeah. why they were the final four left. But let's also give Christian McCaffrey a lot of credit on how good yeah. that guy is and how good he's been and how remember always the knock on him in Carolina? Not durable. He has answered the bell as a 49er. He has stayed healthy and he's been insanely productive. Yeah. He's emerged as one of the very best backs in the league. I think there's any doubt about that. Uh, after the game, Kyle Shanahan talking about um, the comeback after being down by 17. I mean, yeah, no, yeah, no other choice. I mean, it was nice that we were starting out with the ball in the third, so it gave us some hope in that way. Um, and also, it being a 17-point game was encouraging because it looked like it should have been worse. Uh, that's definitely how it felt. That's how the numbers looked. Um, but we were only down 17, which uh, that's not too much. But you got to start playing a lot better in order for that not to be too much. And came out in the third quarter and. Um, we finished with a field goal. I definitely thought that wasn't uh, enough. But then I think our D stopped him on a fourth down the next time. Then we got a touchdown. Then I want to say the next drive was the turnover. And then just like that, it was just three three drives. And <clears throat> I think by the end of the third, it was a tie game. And then it was like, all right, it's first quarter again, but it's the fourth. Let's start. All right. That's Kyle Shanahan after the game yesterday as the uh, Niners uh, move on to the Super Bowl to take on Kansas City. What, uh, let's see, I've seen, what, two and a half? Favor the Niners. Uh, so the line. I think that's what I saw. What here. Believe that's what I saw earlier. I don't know. I mean, I don't know how they figure this, this out at this point. You don't get the, you know, being a home bump. Yeah. Uh, Niners minus one. Okay. One I saw was they were. This is according in, to ESPN. Okay. Hmm. So they may know nothing of sports gambling, but. <laughs> Well, didn't, they, didn't, they, didn't they just start one? Didn't they just start a sports book? Well, I mean, in the age of the internet and Etsy, you don't need to know anything about anything to start a business. Yeah, I'm sorry, I'm seeing... You seeing a different number? Yeah, I'm seeing uh, them favored by two and a half. Oh, look at... Look, go bet the two and a half and then bet the other side of the one and you yeah. can make money either way. I don't know. So, I don't know. Does Jimmy G show up? It's his building <laughs> right now. Sure. At least for now. Yeah. They just lay him on the turf as they roll it in and out to get some sunlight. <laughs> All right. We will have Super Bowl 58, February 11th from Allegiant Stadium. Our coverage will start at noon on the 11th right here on the team. All right. To 832. Jim along with the Buckeye boy today. Got something for uh, the good, the bad, the ugly from the weekend. Uh, how about Colorado State losing at Wyoming the way they did? Yikes. Ooh. Yeah, that wasn't good. That was not great. Uh, let's see what um, the guy played at Fort Lewis. 
Akil Bowl, I believe. Plays for uh, plays for Wyoming, and he had a big shot in that game. Sounds right. Yeah, but they uh, Colorado State looked like they had a win on the road and blew it in the last minute. I mean that was that was ugly. Akil caught, excuse me. He scored, oh yeah, yeah. He yeah. scored eleven points. He was one time Fort Lewis guy. Yeah, he was uh, eleven points in overtime, including a four point play with twenty eight seconds left. They lost 79-76. Ouch. Yeah, that's tough. Ouch. Mountain West is tough this year, though. It is tough. Like That's a rivalry game. You're like two miles above sea level. It's Laramie. It's and they just lost rough. at Nevada yeah. earlier in the week. Uh, all right, 833. So the good, the bad, the ugly, send it to us today on the team line, 970-242-1340. It's time for the number game. <laughs> Let's play the number game on the Jim Davis Show. Yes, up for grabs today. It is a case of Coors, the banquet beer, courtesy of our friends at High Country Beverage. A couple things to keep in mind. The game is played on the text line, so text in only, 970-242-1340. If you won any time in the last two weeks, sit it out. If you are under the age of 21, sit it out. If you don't want the prize, sit it out. And... The answer is always a number. So if you text me, oh, Pittsburgh and Dallas, you're no. wrong. It's going to be incorrect. Super Bowl 58 is set. It's a rematch of Super Bowl 54, including that one. How many Super Bowls have been a rematch of a previous Super Bowl? First correct answer on the text line, 970-242-1340. It's a case of Coors, the banquet, courtesy of our friends at High Country Beverage. All right. So we get a text from Robert this morning on the team line. All right, team, don't be ugly, Jim. Time to rally around the division, boys. Go Chiefs. No. Nope. No, I'm not. No, you do not cheer in your division. Sorry. Robert, we're not doing that. I mean, you can cheer conference because there's 12 other teams. Maybe. Do not cheer in your division. All right, so we got some text to get to. Eric and Cedar Edge uh, also have another one, unnamed texture we'll get to as well uh, coming up. So your reaction to yesterday's games and the matchup of the Chiefs and the 49ers, uh, 970-242-1340. And uh, we'll take a break. We'll come back. And on the other side, we'll have a little look back at the weekend in high school basketball and wrestling. Also, we'll have our Browns cremation and funeral service. Good call, bad call. That's on the way next on the Jim Davis Show on the Team Sports Network. You are listening to The Jim Davis Show on The Team, 101 FM, 1340 AM, Grand Junction. Welcome back, 838. Jim along with the Buckeye Boys, The Jim Davis Show on The Team Sports Network. All right, take a quick look at uh, some high school sports, basketball, and wrestling from the weekend. It was another busy weekend, and the Fruit of Monmouth boys basketball team, uh, they've run their record to 18-0 after winning at Durango on Saturday, 63-23. The defending league champions also moved to 3-0 in the Southwestern League as Daniel Thomason led the way with 18 points as Jet Wells added 15 points. Central boys, they're now 9-8 after taking a 62-48 non-league loss at Eagle Valley. Montrose boys picked up their first SWL win and going to Durango and getting a 56-48 victory over the Demons. The Red Ox Brecken Hutto scored uh, 15 points with center Caleb Ferguson adding 12 points. Montrose is now 12 and three overall. They're one and two in league play. And you also add uh, the Delta Panthers boys basketball team 
Uh, they were on the road this weekend at Basalt, where they lost 62-57. to Tucker Johnson leading the Panthers with 15 points, two steals, and seven rebounds. Delta, though, was able to uh, get a win on the road trip. They won at Summit the next day, 63-48. to As far as girls basketball, Fruita Monument, they're now 3-0 in the Southwestern League after going to Durango and getting a 47-16 win over the defending league champion Demons. Wildcats Mackenzie Mason scored 11 points and hit three three-pointers. Sophie Emerson and Liv Campbell each added 10 points uh, for Fruita Monument as they moved to 14-2 overall. Uh, Central, they're 9-8 after getting a 58-42 non-league win at Eagle Valley. The Warriors' Christina Manzanares scored 18 points. Bryn Wagner adding 15 points. Central right now, they're on a seven-game winning streak. And Tegan Rocco's 15 points led Montrose to a 38-23 win at Durango. The Red Ox, Macy Oberg, added 12 points as Montrose moved to 11-4 overall. They're 1-2 in league play. As far as the Delta girls basketball team, they've now won 11 in a row. Uh, they uh, hammered Basalt on Friday night, 82-14. to And then on Saturday, they won their uh, 12th in a row, uh, their 11th in a row, excuse me, with the win at Summit on Saturday, 62-24. And that one. Now, as far as uh, high school wrestling, Palisade and Central H had a champion at Saturday's Mile High Classic Wrestling Tournament. The Bulldogs' Caden Mulford won the 120-pound title with the Warriors' Hassan Mains winning at 150 pounds. Fort Monument competed at the Davy Swenson Tournament in Utah with 106-pound Kel Unrein winning the title in his weight class. And the D51 Phoenix Girls Wrestling Team had one champion at the Chatfield Warhorse Girls Invitational. 190-pound Adelaide McNeil took the title in her weight class. So that's a quick look at uh, some of the prep action from this weekend uh, here across the Western Slope. All right, it is uh, 8.40, and it's time for Brown's Cremation and Funeral Service. Good call, bad call. Was that a good call, or did they totally blow it? It's good call or bad call. And it's brought to you by Brown's Cremation and Funeral Service. It's always a good call to make your arrangements beforehand or for those uh, of your loved ones, your parents or grandparents. Always a bad call to leave it up to uh, somebody else to deal with the details. Call them today at Brown's Cremation and Funeral Service, 970-255-8888. All right. A couple for Dan Campbell yesterday. We've talked about a little bit in around the NFL. Uh, The Lions coach opting to not kick field goals on a couple of occasions. One that certainly would have helped at the end of the game. And then we decided to go for it on fourth down. But one that, you know, that that was certainly a, to me a mistake on his part, though we don't want to, I'm reluctant to criticize the aggressive nature of Dan Campbell. Yeah. But there comes yeah. a time where you got to take the points. And, and he didn't take the points. I thought it was a bad call. Also a bad call on that final drive where you can't afford to run the ball and use one of your timeouts. Can't you can't do that. And he hands they hand it off to David Montgomery. He gets stuffed. He loses yardage. They have to call a timeout. You absolutely but, have to get in if you're going to run the ball. And the Chiefs were not going to let that happen. No. And so they had to burn a timeout. They end up Goff throws the touchdown pass, but they have to try the onside. Well, they had to try the onside kick anyway, but it still hurt. They would have had a better chance maybe if they still had three timeouts to get a stop potentially get the ball back hail mary that doesn't happen though because they have to burn a timeout right and so i just think a couple bad calls the part of dan campbell in his first nfc championship game great incredible season for the lions north division champs you should not take anything away from what dan campbell has done but he's got to find a way to be aggressive but also be smart yeah, the first one in the third quarter, I don't really have a problem with. No, I don't either. All paired together, it's it looks overly aggressive. The one that to tie it up, 
It was what, 27 20? You got to kick. You got to kick the field goal there. Because, I mean, now they have to score. And you know what? They may have bled the clock and fine. But then at that point, that's on your defense to stop them. Got to go make a play. Just yep. give it to them. Absolutely. I'm, I'm with you there a little bit. Yeah. Uh, good call, bad call. We go to tonight's NBA matchup on the team Nuggets and Bucks. Bucks 32 and 14 on the season. They have a better record than the Nuggets because the Nuggets are 32 and 15. But Mike Malone in no danger of losing his job. Adrian Griffin can. So good call, bad call for the Bucks. Not only firing Adrian Griffin at 30 and 13, but bringing in Doc Rivers, who is the opposite of whatever a proven closer is. That's a bad call. And you know that came from the top, and the top meaning the very tippy top of the Greek freak's head. That's still a bad call, though. And, and again, with Griffin, because the defensive numbers had regressed dramatically under him, but you still got time to get better yeah. at that end of the floor. You know what your weakness is. They were 31 and 13 when they fired him. And look, they, they fired Mike Budenholzer, who had made them one of the better defensive teams in the league. Yeah. Because they felt like he wasn't going to take them to the top. Doc Rivers really going to do that? I, I I just think that's, yeah, that's a bad call on the part of the Bucks. Adrian Griffin had a better winning percentage than the interim Joe Prunty, who went 2-1. and one. And he played, he coached 43 games and had a better winning percentage. Yeah. And they fire him because either the defense was not good enough. And I mean, you're the second seed in the East. And like you mentioned, it's January. You're going to, you're going to get better. You like to think you're going to get better on that end of the floor. Their window's razor thin though. They got six yeah. guys with at least 11 years on the, on their backs. It's just, yeah. Ooh, their, their window's razor thin. All right, that's Brown's Commission and Funeral Service. Good call, bad call. Once again, if you need assistance planning your funeral or a loved one's funeral, it's always a good call to make the call. The Brown's Commission and Funeral Service, 970-255-8888. We will take a break on the other side. It's time for Prep Stars and Mighty Mavs. That's next on the Jim Davis Show on the Team Sports Network. Touchdown every morning. Woo! The Jim Davis Show on Colorado's sports leader, the team. Welcome in, 848. Jim along with the Buckeye Boy. Are you playing some Lemmy just because I got my Lemmy sweatshirt on today? Uh, maybe or maybe not. Okay, hold on. You won't, I, I came I in this or morning. And I, so I usually lay out my bumpers for the week on Saturday. I didn't was well, here, so here. I was needing the inspiration, and I saw the the shirt, and I'm like, okay. yeah, that'll work. Okay, cool. Yeah. They went to Vegas? Where'd you go? Phoenix. Phoenix. Okay, I kept, I don't know why I thought yeah. you went to Vegas. Went to Pahonix. Okay. So, it was, it was, uh, it was a time. A good time? Parts of it. Okay. Yeah. You want to save that for Wednesday for what about a Wednesday, or? Yeah, I'll save I'll save the big one. Okay. So we had a guy tell us that eventually we were gonna get divorced. That's a tease for Wednesday. What? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Oh, it was part of a sales pitch too. That's the best part. Okay, I yeah, I'm way to close the deal there, pal. I am uh 
I'm looking forward to hearing about this. Yeah. I am. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm really looking forward to hearing about this. Wow. Yep. <laughs> An absolute jerk. All right. It's uh, time for Prep Stars this morning. It's time to let the stars shine. It's Prep Stars on the Jim Tate Show. Got some rust, rust off there, my yeah, man. Yeah, that, one, that <laughs> one's okay. on me. It's okay. All right, my Prep Stars, uh, District 51 Phoenix wrestler Adelaide McNeil winning the 190-pound title. And I love the name of this wrestling tournament, the Chatfield Warhorse. Invitational. Nice. And my male prep star, we go down Highway 50 to the Montrose Red Ox. The uh, Montrose, uh, Montrose is Brecken Hutto scoring 15 points. Montrose gets the win at Durango over the weekend. Uh, I'm also going to the hardwood. Christina Manzanera. Central's won seven straight. Don't yes, look now. Warriors above 500. She had 18 points in the win over Eagle Valley. On the boys' side, Daniel Thomason. What'd you say Fruta was? 18 and 0? They are 18 and 0. Daniel Thomas in 18 against Durango. And he's been on a tear. He had 24 against Montrose. Yeah. And that went Tuesday night. last week. Yes, I believe it. Wait, was Daniel? It was Daniel's birthday last week. Yeah, 18 points at Durango. Look at that. It's been a nice little run for Daniel Thomason. Yeah, it's been a nice. Uh, he's still a junior, right? Or that, would be, that would be correct. That's not even fair. Both, both him and Caleb Ferguson are juniors. It's not even fair. Another year for both those guys. Uh, Top two scores in the league right mm-hmm. now, too, in the SWL. All right, we move on to Mighty Mavs. The best of CMU sports. It's Mighty Mavs on the Jim Davis Show. All right, I went entirely indoor Maverick track and field in one particular discipline, the high jump for both of mine. Nice. Eddie Kerjack, who I believe at one time was a Maverick basketball player. Yes, he was. Me correctly. Now focusing on track and field. Uh, he beat his own school record and the indoor record at Colorado Mines in the high jump over the weekend. So, Eddie Kerjack, ni- nicely done. Yeah. And then on my female uh, Mighty Map, Josie Coffey, also a high jumper, broke her own record at Colorado Mines as well. I see your school records. I'm going to put in a school record as well. For the men's 4x400 relay team, Kelsey Montague, Elijah Williams, Justin Blanton, former Central Warrior, oh yeah, and Tio Casado, school record time at the New Mexico Open for the Mavericks relay team. <clears throat> On the women's side, Mason Rowland, team high 19 against uh, Fort Lewis in a win over the Skyhawks. Sadly, not in Durango, where Mason's from, but against the team that is from Durango. And if you're Fort Lewis, how do you let her get out of town? That shows how, how much, no no offense to Durango, girls basketball team, they won the league last year. I mean, Fruita went there and just crushed them. Pasted they only, them. only scored yeah. 16 points. How much did they rely on Mason Rowland Fruita last played, year? Played five on eight in that game. That's, and they still only scored 16 points. All right, 853. Uh, that's uh, Prep Stars Mighty Maps for today. And we do that every Monday on the program. So if you're, Want to listen in to see if maybe your your student athlete uh, ends up as a prep star or Mighty Mav. Uh, we do that every Monday on the program. All right, uh, coming up next hour, uh, more with the Mavericks after uh, both Maverick basketball teams hosted Fort Lewis and the Blizzard and Brownson on Friday night. Uh, both Maverick teams play at Western tomorrow night. I guess there was a kerfuffle on the tickets that said they played Western at home tomorrow night. Uh-oh. No, they do not. They they play West, uh, they play Westminster Thursday 
at Brownson, but they play at Western tomorrow night. So um, anyway, we'll uh, we'll dive into some of uh, what happened with the Mavericks and uh, Fort Lewis on Friday night. Uh, more on the AFC NFC Championship games as well yesterday. Want to hear your thoughts on that? I think we got one I can get to or a couple of uh, texts here very quickly before the top of the hour. Eric in Cedar Edge, listening at 102.1 FM. Uh, good morning, Eric. Can we consider Travis Kelsey as the greatest receiver in NFL history? His ability to continually make catches in heavy traffic is phenomenal. He has been a beast in the regular season as well as the playoffs. He makes Patrick Mahomes that much better. If I recall, he was was he not in the field when KC lost to Detroit? Yes, he did. He did not play in the opener. Chris mm-hmm. Jones is out the contract dispute. Yeah. Kelsey had the injury. He was dating that day, I believe. <clears throat> They were bowling, I think, or something. Now we'll see if he's able to hang on to Taylor Swift. Oh, there you go. It's clever. Uh, let's see. The problem I saw with Detroit's decision to go for it on fourth and two was seven minutes left in the third quarter. Was that it completely changed the momentum of the game? Detroit was never in it again after that play. I agree with you 100%. And that's why I, like, I don't have a huge problem with them going for it. Because if they get it, that could be a dagger. The problem is in the fourth quarter when you're down three and you're in range and you're clinging, desperately clinging to that, to any sort of staying in that game, you need to get the points. Yeah, I, absolutely. That's that's the one you have to go. Come on, Dan. That's when you got to kick the field goal. Uh, let's see. One more to play devil's advocate. Does anyone t- ever take anything from away from Mahomes for having Travis Kelsey and Tyree Kill? If Holmes had a has a sub-average game but leads a game-winning drive, people will go on and on about his resilience. If Purdy has a crappy game but a game-ending winning drive, people will use it to say he's not that good because of how bad he was for the first part of the game. It's all about the narrative. It's all about also the resume, too. It's also about winning. We'll talk more about that coming up.